We are back, everybody, with Out of Your League. And Kyle Amor is back. He was so good the last couple of weeks that we've kept Mark Flanagan away. We told him to stay on his holiday, Kyle. Is that stay true? Away. Right, stay away. Flash, As we keep away. saying, great-looking guy. Yep. Occasionally pops up with a question every seven episodes on the podcast, but, but looks great, yeah. doesn't he? For, he looks the if, if, you, if you watched all the episodes on Out of Your League on mute... You'd be very impressed, wouldn't you? You know, all the modelling contracts would be coming in, perhaps oh. not as many as they used to back in the day when you knew him around 2014. No, no, very good looking lad. Great uh, looking lad. One of our guests knows that. Yes. Particularly well. Well, let's, if, I mean, if you are listening and you're not watching, let's give them some clues, shall we? We've had to have the, the sofa reinforced uh -huh. today. Yeah. Um, because there's there's 40 stone of twin mm. on the sofa opposite combined not not just not just on Andrew's side <laughs> two big boys two, two big, big boppers this is this is a, a pro, the big boppers this is a prop fest i would say mm. uh, andrew and david fafita welcome thank you so much for for hanging around and speaking to us how are you guys yeah. <laughs> This, good, this, good at the moment, yeah. this is brotherly, sure. this is t twin love reignited because you've, you've been away from each other for a while and you've just, you, you basically came over, Andrew, to, to surprise him, right? How long yeah, have you been in it. town for? Um, since Thursday, literally, maybe, how long has it been? Four days, five days? Yeah, yeah something like that. And then, then I changed my flight. I was meant to fly in, fly out, but yeah, he was meant to fly out yesterday. So and now he's sticking around. It's a long trip. So. <laughs> but you came over for, for David's 150th Wakefield game, Yeah, right? that was it. That was the main thing. I've never... I've always been on the other side of things where people were presenting me stuff. So I, I just <laughs> thought, you know, it'd be the, the perfect opportunity for yeah. myself to we, fly we, over. We saw how affectionate you are with each other on your Instagram. Um, you call each other by the C-bomb, just as affectionate. That's just... <laughs> but you, you had no idea he was... He just suddenly walked down your street. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, no idea. Just... It started off, the day started off emotional, like with the family wishing you a happy, like 150, like you said, in front of all yeah. the boys. I gave her a good message saying, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, I hate, I hate getting in tears in front of all the boys and all that. And yeah, it started off like that. Then I pretty much went home. When they dropped me home, it was like probably about 12.31 after captain's run. Yeah. Just sitting there bored. I was like, what am I going to do now? And then getting phone calls off from one of my other mates, like Jared Zammett. Yeah. And he's just said, what are you doing? For coffee? And I said, yeah, come around, please. I think I was in the middle of shaving. He <laughs> <laughs> was shaving his back, that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's I, did, I did see the back on yeah, the, on yeah, the yeah, video. Yeah, you <laughs> see the big carpet rug at the back. So, I tried to do my best and then someone else has to come in and get some impact off the bench for it. It was, it was half finished in the video, yeah, wasn't it? It was like so, a little mohawk on the back there. So I was expecting him to come finish it off for me. <laughs> and the back. Nah, yeah, it was, it was good. He said someone ran up his ass. I was around the back of the car. That's why you see me looking around the back. And then you just look at him and he's just... Big camera out like that on me. I'm like, what are you doing, you idiot? And here comes, yeah. Andrew but, walking around the corner. Before we get stuck into your story, and Kyle, it's an amazing story with these two. I mean, look, you, you've run into David a few times. Not Andrew, you never played no, against no, Andrew? No, I never no. played against you Andrew. Wouldn't no. Want to, like, no. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to. Amazing. But you, but you, you have sort of, so you've, what, you've only 34, you two now, right? Um, <laughs> you've played you've just played in the fourth tier andrew for for, for Criggleston. yeah how did that how was that come about because i know i mean you you did that last year david didn't you say it's fourth tier you keep going along <laughs> eighth tier what, what yeah. Yeah. Mate, I, I was a, against a maybe a 70 year old odd a 70 year old yeah oh man it was very is he still? Hard. Is he still I with us? I think he had one hit up and Edge just jumped on top, and everyone knows we like to just get on top of them. <laughs> and then even everyone on the side, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what was the reaction like when they see when they see Andrew turn up? <laughs> well, no, it, well, we first walked. He goes, 
hold my boots, please. I don't want to hold my boots walking in. <laughs> so they didn't think it was true, but then we've rocked up because I've worked with Crick now for the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, and everyone who comes over from Oz, I said, mate, get your boots out your plane. Like, we're getting, we'll get you registered, everything. So got registered and it was a good feeling. I said, get out there, run with the boys. And he had a captain's run on Thursday. Yeah. Had some fun. The first day he got in, he was running around with the boys. Brilliant. I didn't think he could get out there, but <laughs> jet lag was all right, so... Jet lag, broken legs, yeah, still sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look in unbelievable shape still for the end oh, of your career. Oh, well, is that maybe nice it's the black gone. t-shirt? Maybe oh, it's the, oh, yeah, it's yeah, black thinning, slimming, isn't it? Slimming. <laughs> the 29th of June, though, 1989, Carl. What a day that was when these mm. two popped out. Who, who came out first? I feel, I, mean, I, feel, I feel sorry for Martin, to be honest. 28th of June. 28th of June. Someone's probably changed it. Yeah. I was number one. You were number one. So you're like, number one. Like a couple of minutes older or whatever. <laughs> ten, ten. Ten minutes. I just kicked him out, you know what I mean? And this is Blacktown, New South Wales. Yeah. So let's go right back to the, the so Fafitas. Like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was childhood like for you two? In uh, we grew up in Housing Commission. There's a council house over here. So we grew up there. Uh, Little place called Dooney, uh, down Dooneside. Single. Uh, parents broke up from a young age. Uh, How young? Uh, six or seven, yeah. Yeah, six, seven, maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, still seen dad was in and out, uh, but. Yeah, I don't uh, know. What a yeah, no, we grew up. It was like, tough, it was tough. Yeah, but. a real rough area. Um, some of the boys we show in the rough areas around here, but it's not. <laughs> Um, Nothing compared kind of, no, to what yeah, you it's, it's different. It's it's really different. That's what I said. Like mm. we were on the streets since a young kid. Like I don't think um, anyone. Like I got kids, and I wouldn't send my kids out there. The age we're running around, and especially mm. how far we were. Mm. Um, look, we love home. Um, Dooney will always be home for us. There's my junior club there. Um, it's just a little place. But, you know, so Sydney's West. Yeah. Took a picture the other day with Blake Austin and Jared Zama. We're all from the same. Yeah pretty much yeah and, um, yeah it, it was tough but it's like it's time and that's where you probably get that call from and yeah probably why we speak like this at the same time <laughs> there is probably some good people there but the majority of us pretty much are wild like yeah this yeah and look you're obviously from um australia's indigenous and T tongan descent so where did the tongan side come from in the family uh, dad's, dad's, yeah, right. dad's full tongan yeah and mum's got the indigenous Australian in her, so it's yeah. And, good, and good brothers and sisters, apart from obviously Latu played for, for Workington over here in the UK. Was it just the three of you? Was there more? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've got I've got a, like a foster family where yeah. that's mum, dad to me. Um, okay. Pretty much thirteen, really in and out of home for me. Um, was different. Like I was just I was more of a runner. Like I would never be home on weekends and that kind of stuff. I found that. I guess we used to call it the crim life and mm. here would be loved up in other terms, but I don't know, we would rather be places like um, that wasn't home. Like you'd, you'd meet people and um, they would have like a gun house. Oh, they got food. Oh, you know, little, little, little things like, like that kind of stuff. Like, oh, he's got a PlayStation, let's, let's go have a crack. Was it like, she always had food in the house and the cupboards yeah. and stuff like that, but it was probably just like your noodles, your bread, milk, stuff like that. But when you go in and get the like actual brand stuff, it's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what it's like in England. Yeah. That's the main thing. We, we're um, black and gold, home brand, like they're the low end of like kind of food where, you know, there's some upper hand classy food where it's like, oh, you can tell the difference. But <laughs> for me, we haven't changed. That's, that's who we are and it's never yeah, will change. It's still going to has been now. 
But just looking at them, no, I'm not paying that. Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> you said at 13, David was all loved up. You said you were, you know, you were you were out and about. What kind of things were you out and about doing? Where we used to, like, we used to thrive on just getting in trouble. Like when a Thursday, Friday night come, like you just wait. Like the thrive was. That's why we probably so fit. We were young, skinny, cross country, like great runners. Everyone we were younger and all that and. We used to just thrive on getting in trouble. We don't know why, but it was just one of them lifestyle we had. So we've got a, a police officer chasing us. We throw like eggs at police or cars. And it was just from that. And <laughs> it was just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of adrenaline. I think that was the main thing for us. And everyone knew mm. like how quick we were over long distance. Anything over long distance was our go-to. Um, I know we're big poppers now, but it's like when... <laughs> Legs um, haven't changed, either. <laughs> I think 15, 16, he moved down the Griffith, um, little country town to be far. How would you explain it here, like? Um, it's kind of like Cumbria. Yeah. That's where yeah. this fella's from. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> nice part of the world. If you... <laughs> if you <laughs> Probably nicer down there, yeah. <laughs> so we're, like, Sydney's west, and then you're seven and a half hours away. Mm. And then he come back, and then pretty much I got charged, and... I had to go down there. So my bowel conditions wasn't allowed in Sydney alone. Um, well, we're skipping through all sorts of stuff here. Yeah. So, so before the trouble came and that mm. side and running away from the police and the gangs and the violence and all that, which I want to get into if we can, would you say it was a, chap, a happy childhood for both of you? I loved it. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I, 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 mm. My older brother was a bastard to us as we, Jared. Like, yeah. It, and then he, like, they bullied us as kids. Mm. But he didn't grow into much more. We've... We've grown as now we bought him, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't change it. Like like I said, he's like my best mate growing up. Everyone, like everything was there. Uh, what, what is it like being a twin? Oh, I don't know. You feel everything. Like, yeah. Pretty much you feel everything. You know, when he's gone down some tough rides and then, you know, also when he's the happiest person alive. So, is, is it, I mean, because I'm friends with, with George and Tom, yeah. Burgess boys, and they, they've kind of tried to describe it to me that there is like a telepathy in there you, you oh, said something from believe it if so i was more the aggressive like if if i seen him get punched i'd start crying and i'd flog whoever's like going near him on the field we played what under 15s away from each other and then from the next years on we weren't allowed to play because I, I overheard some guy on my team say he's going to hit him, hit him. I took my jersey off and ended up flogging my own teammate. So you, are you the more protective because you're 10 minutes older or how does that relationship work? <laughs> <laughs> just the same. Like, yeah. We'll jump in. I'll jump in. It just doesn't matter. Like it's, you, do, you just do feel each other's emotions and stuff like that. Which uh, is mental, isn't it, when you think yeah. about that? That yeah. you're, just, you're that connected and more connected than any other siblings could yeah. probably imagine yeah. being. Well, like we said, we've got an older brother. I've got... I'm blessed with three other little brothers and that, but they're, you know, oh, you can't, it's, it's, it's a weird sense like between us two, us yeah. two, I could jump in and just sit with him all day. Like, mm. and it, it's just a thing. It's, I think the last, since 2016 has been the toughest for myself because he's been over here. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I see how much the uh, Wakefield has really embraced David and I guess, Everything that I've earned at Cronulla is mm. pretty much him in England at Wakefield. Mm. So that's what I thoroughly believe, except for <clears throat> delivering a <laughs> um, on my back. And <laughs> <laughs> I started there. I started that. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have left. Nah, <laughs> no, don't regret it one bit. When, when did you two realise that there was a, a rugby league talent in there, and, and and who nurtured that in you? 
we were always like coming up because we always used to bash each other. You know what I mean? Kids, twins, rivalry, all that kind of stuff. We always like we knew we played soccer at four and five years old. They just the coach said get them out of here. Yeah, <laughs> they go to rugby league like they're just too full on. Remember doing like a karate class? Got asked never to come back. Because we just wanted to fight everyone. That's what karate's for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but they're just doing these. We started just fighting each other and stuff M- like MMA would have been great for you too, yeah. wouldn't it? If uh, UFC was around then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're just, oh, I guess we've, we've footy. The team, you always noticed, um, especially being out west, the team wore in. Andrew, just take your mic up a little bit oh, for sorry. us up there. That's it. Sorry, Perfect. Grip. Um, Average, <laughs> <laughs> Average um, size penis away from yeah. your mouth. So. <laughs> the, I think the team will win. Um, Really got never looking because we just love to fight on weekends. You're looking at he was a centre, I was a fullback. Um, we'll just, I know we weren't the, the the standout players, but we always delivered. Like when it comes to playing footy, um, like I said, a lot of the boys like who we played against, um, who really excelled when we were juniors, mm. uh, really didn't kick on. Where my little stint down Griffith and he kind of went out of nowhere to out west where I didn't know how he was going but I personally knew like I was getting chased for three years straight so that's how I knew something was going on but I still didn't care I didn't want to play football yeah. I just wanted to stay in the country so I took one opportunity trial down at the Sharks and out of that I had six seven phone calls at night saying asking um would you sign with us we'll, we'll give you a contract and this was fun the 20s and I said Whoever signs me, brother, I'll, I'll, I'm committed to. So it was either that or union I was going to choose. So, mm. yeah. Were, were, were clubs reluctant at the time because we're getting in car yeah. into the, are, are we sensing that we're getting into the area of them being in trouble and running away from the police? It sounds like sort of Grand Theft Auto in Sydney we're about to go near you. Well, no one really knew. Um, look, I went from two years signing in, like mm. three days a week down in Griffith. Mm. Um, not even my school knew like my situation where I was by myself um, down there. It was kind of different, two different lifestyles. I, I guess David would be grateful for his, his, his partner now that he got to stay pretty much there on weekends and that kind of stuff. Mm. Not saying nothing about like where we grew up. It was just, mm. we both had an individual meet and then we just met and then pretty much played twenties together. And it was one of those all we needed was one year to prove mm. to everyone how good we actually were. We did we, we did make a rep like team beforehand. Yeah. But you just prefer to play with your mates and have a laugh and ball. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I was wasn't from until 19 years old. We just said, stuff it. We're all right at this. We'll just keep going with it. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a point where all that was sort of un, like un, under threatened? You know, you must have came with a bit of a... I know you talked about that they didn't quite know that you were signing in two, three days. Yeah. But was there ever a point where that could have bit you in the ass that how you were behaving off the field to then getting a gig in the NRL? I reckon it was more of a shock. Um, I didn't know we can get paid for football, to be honest. I thoroughly did. I Honestly, I was living off our wage in 20s and I didn't know first grade gave you matches. And then um, we both, he had a stint. He didn't really kick on as much in 20s where he started with us and we'll come off the bench and then I kind of excelled out because I started playing like him. I, I wanted to fend, I wanted to do all the little stuff in that, but Dave, I don't know, it was if his attitude problem, but like, um, I was a bit of a, I guess a nutcase. I look back at our 20s coach and he was our recruitment officer for years. Mm. And everyone was saying, what's your goal? What, what do you want to do? And everyone was like, oh, I want to make first grade. And, and I couldn't give a rat's ass about first grade. I don't even know what first grade really was. 
my goal was to make my titties go dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and I said this in front of everyone like when I'm playing my footy my best footy like it's we're having a laugh and yeah. every every for those 20 uh, those 20s games like for me coming from the country and playing against like people our own age I kind of took advantage of that because we're playing men it was the same with him in Penrith comp he was playing men and then we'd rock in with a boom box a pie and just whatever a big can of V or mm. like a Red Bull just on that though Dave obviously you've been at Wakefield you're a massive character always got a smile on your face I think back to players that I've played with Ali Lawatiti he was always smiling how important is that as a player because I think nowadays we get so caught up on everything being that serious yeah. that sometimes it's a bit refreshing and it brings energy doesn't it yeah. when you've got a player who's maybe not as I'm not going to say rat's ass because I don't want to insult but when he gives <laughs> off that impression like I am who I am this yeah. is what I do I'm here to do what I want to do do you know what I mean yeah, but, yeah, I mean is that something that you play up to is yeah. that something that you're aware that you bring that energy or is that just who you are? Just the, you know what I mean? Like we always got taught, probably even the same as Andrew. Like we, as soon as like, we don't do nothing wrong. Like we just go, is it like going to any game really? Uh, as soon as you cross the white line, that's when it's time to switch on, on, on the field. But you also need to get in their heads and just have a laugh and joke around with them all and pushing people around. And mm. But outside of, uh, like in the sheds, I love to just like gene up put my headphones on, dancing, smiling, laughing. Remember there was one time like where Liam, I think we first weekend or something, and like we had our corner and we were all just dancing, laughing, joking around, smashing each other. And then um, it was him who come over and he goes, you three need to switch on, switch on. And I started laughing. I said, mate, we are, we are relax. We're going to go out there. I think Bill Turbo ended up coming back and killing it for us. And I think we ended up beating him. We were down 20 points or something like that. We ended up beating him over that Easter period. And then he come back in after the sheds and he apologised. He goes, sorry, boys, you just do what you want. You just do what you want. <laughs> but it's just things like that. Like, that's uh, what we try to bring into, you try to get everyone involved as like a social person. I think every team needs like a, a few characters in the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt like probably that was probably it. Well, like, that's probably more the reason I come back to Wakefield this year. Who were your sort of coach carters in the sense? Because you've painted this image. And for those who don't know your background, and if I'm being too nosy, tell me to shut up. But you, you were kind of separated because you were with this foster family and Dave was obviously off doing his thing. But who, who was the mentor? Who were the people that actually said, look, Andrew, get, get your head together, focus, because this, this can be your career? I think everyone tried. <laughs> Literally, I'm serious. Like, I mean, like, even from the age of young, they just said, oh, mate, if you just... two switch on, you can be something yeah. over here. And we're just like, mm. nah, <laughs> just laughing, joking. It was always like know. that. Like, um, we knew, like, at the end of the day, and the way I look at that footy in that, like, it's a job at the end of the day. Mm. And anyone judges you on 80 minutes of footy. So, the way you are through the week, the way you were at training, and Mate, I could rock up eating Maccas and that and still win whatever fitness test you had. Like, it was ridiculous how fit we were. When but we where does that grades. come from in you? Where does that resilience come from? Obviously, you're genetically blessed in that sense. Just running from the police, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> but not even that. Like, it's, um, to be honest, I never had any resilience, I reckon. Um, that I can't be true. Oh, like, when I hit um, 2014, I went, the whole 2013, I was literally the world's best player. By stats, by... Uh, my achievements on the field by, like I, I created this hype, I come over here and we end up killing it for Australia and we end up winning the World Cup. It was like the journey that I had through that year where I was at the, the pinnacle of thing, but then the next year I just hit rock bottom. I don't know why it was, it was like at the end, but I never learnt that until 
I promised everyone I'll give him two years and then I promise I'll go back into rehab. Like, that's where I learned how to be resilient in the little things. Like, Just on that, we talk about sometimes with players, when you win a comp, it's very hard and difficult to get yourself back up to that height. Well, winning a World Cup over here in Australia, mm. was that anything to do with why you perhaps sort of went rock bottom or was it completely just other issues apart from rugby league? It was different. I'd never had any, um, I guess, media really support us. Oh, we were the no ones. I remember coming in the first grade and going, oh, I wish I was Benji Marshall, all that. Benji Marshall was getting all the media type. I remember Gareth Ellis was getting it all and we're like, oh, if we could be him one day, I'm telling you. Um, and it did, it actually was. When I went to Cronulla, I, had, I just had my son and then everything was just flowing, like literally then, um, like played all stars and ended up going straight into city country, city country come origin, origin come into, um, the, the test teams, I don't get married. So I was living like really, really high where the following year I had media backlash and then the Sharks had a really bad year off field because of the SADA drama. And then um, I couldn't get going again. I come back from World Cup, I wasn't due back to training until halfway through Feb. Mm. Um, so my first week was playing in the, in the Auckland Nine. So I never got my body right. Um, like I said, I was fit, could do anything, but it was more trying to get going again. And I couldn't, I kept breaking down and injuries happen and the backlash that happened, he's not the same. And then you, you start listening to that outside noise a bit mm. where I ended up falling into depression where I didn't realise we didn't grow up learning about mental health or anything. So, mm. yeah. That media backlash you talk about, it's obviously, David, it's not something that we get over here, is it? You know, the media, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, you know, not even on the back six, seven pages of, of any paper, really. You know, how... How do you obviously, how do you handle when it is that? It, it, was it almost they were attacking you personally? How, and if so, why? Like, what, what well, was the... When you're, oh, when you're one of the best players in your team, like, of course you're going to cop it. We're copying it left, right and centre. Um, we've had a lot of controversy over the years, but no one knew the stories because mm. in my intentions, I didn't want to keep lighting the fire. Like, mm. if there's a fire going, I'm not going to have my piece and they just switch it up on you. Yeah. Um, I guess over here to be exact, it'd be like if a, a soccer player or yeah, football League, Premier League player, Premier League player yeah. got in trouble. That's, what it is that's in Australia. Back page, just back page, back page. Mm. I'd media camping at the side of my house just because of some of the stuff. Mm. So it, it's it, it it was quite tough. I've never ever been on the other hand of it. I just felt like a caged animal in my house. I couldn't leave or uh, my family couldn't move and and had, had to move out to you know to my missus in laws just to get away from it all, mm. so. T tell us if you, if you can, because I know there's a lot out there on the internet that's not yeah. a secret and so on, but come on, just give it some real talk. What kind of trouble are we talking? You mentioned earlier bail conditions and so on. Why why were you in and out of, of that world? Um, One of them, uh, I'll tell them about the truck. Oh, you can tell about the truck because we've got to charge that. <laughs> like, yeah. We've got to, uh, we're just bored, you know what I mean? We just, uh, we got to, it was me, Andrew, and a couple of other mates. And who would have thought a pair of scissors would start the tractor or excavator? So they're building a highway. <laughs> they're building a highway. We just anything we we, yeah, we mate, it was just all these like smaller trees, and we just thought it'd be fun to smash them all and take them down. There's two hanging off the side. There's one person driving, obviously, and then one person sitting behind a little driver's seat. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? We're just boys having fun. Yeah. And then <laughs> we seen sirens come, and we just knew it was all over. So we. Just, pretty much ghosted like a bike into this creek and we just said go just go just go everyone just they didn't catch us mm. but unfortunately the lady up the road dobbed on us dobbed us in 
and they, yeah, they rocked up to the house and we're in a bit smarter. We jumped in our boxes and that and just said- Sweating. We're just sweating, but like, we walked out of the house going, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so like, that was one thing, but for, for my reasoning yeah. why, where I had, um, I had a, a cousin, we're around drug dealers. Mm. Um, a mate of mine's a fellow neighbor was getting abused from his neighbor and then a lot of us boys rocked up and then they wanted to clean one-on-one but the one-on-one was my cousin um Ula, and i didn't i was like okay okay i'll let it let it go and normally i'm the enforcer guy but there was a lady hiding in the bush and baseball bat him straight in the face and then he had a butcher's knife and started whacking and then i end up all my cousins and my friends were scared like they were just like in disbelief so i grabbed the samurai sword and had it up to the the guys this this dealer's throat and that's when the police come in and guns mm. drawn and that and i threw the knife and thank god like they couldn't find it i don't know where it went so mm. but from that i had to leave sydney did, did rugby league i don't want to say oh, i just was uh, rugby league wasn't involved no no but like, no, no, what i'm saying is did, did rugby league sort of take you away from that world save you from a world that perhaps you could have gone into um in a in a way like it wasn't a we never made a rep team growing up yeah it wasn't a priority in life like <laughs> rugby league my job i was going down to casella's a big farm big fruit yeah um i love the country life where um rugby league was just so rugby league option. chose you you didn't choose rugby yeah, league. that was it mm. literally so i think what we'll, we'll say in that if it hadn't have been for rugby league what would have mm. andrew fafita been or where would he be right now most way driving, or he'd be driving the truck, and I'll be working with Jip Rock with him. <laughs> um, but that's tough work. That was crazy. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. I uh, if it wasn't for Rugby League, I'd be doing something like um, I'll be a carpenter or something like somewhere a tradie or something. I I, I couldn't honestly tell you because in school I'd even I did my HSC or whatever. He hasn't got a certificate. But it was all <laughs> food. Like it was like nothing. I sat there, wrote my name on the paper, and just done. Could a crime. Or yeah. a career in crime, could that have seriously been something that you probably would have looked at, knowing that if you got involved in that sort of junior petty crime? What's the strike rate in Griffith now at the moment? The if you don't get out, is what I'm saying, would you? Yeah, once you get stuck in there, we try to like, even for the young, like here, yeah, the youth come through the ranks. So like in the early Sharks years, we try to get them up there. Get out of, you have to get out of Griffith. And there's a lot of talent down there, mm. but they just get stuck in there. It's, it's one of them towns where... Yeah, by certain people and, and especially out west like yeah. for me i reckon i would have been in a bikey gang like it's it's one of those i love being in a group i love being in the boys and if you're from sydney's west and you don't know a bikey you, then you literally haven't been outside your house well i, I read a quote from you Andrew. i don't know where, where it was i mean there's all like i say all sorts about over the years on the internet but you, you said i sort of already realized that if i didn't leave the streets of sydney i might go to jail for good yeah so that that you know that that was a realization for you. There was a, because, there was a moment. Yeah. Well, you don't understand what you got. Like, well, I never been out of Western Sydney or Griffith. Like that's for us. It's it's a dome. We don't go out to all these privileged stuff where where I'm from at the moment. Like, it's two different worlds. Um, and that's just respectfully. I'm not saying in a way like I'm just used to house life. That mm -hmm. was it. Um, we're grateful for two dollars chips. I'm not going to have a three-course meal, and I'm a bit okay. still stingy like that these days. It's mm. it's one of those things that's just embedded with us. Like, 
So what's the biggest lessons then from your childhood? What, what, what do you feel that, you know, you think back and Andrew, you talked about having kids, David, I'm not, have you got kids as well? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, what's the biggest sort of takeaways that you get out of growing up in a place like that? See, a uh, bit different life for me or when I was 15, I said, mate, I need to get, we need to get away. I think we're going to have to split up. I think I sat in the kitchen and said, I have to go. And then I ended up going down to Griffith first. And so I that was a that conversation was between the sorry between the between the two of no, you. That's family, when, and mum, and yeah. mum as well. Um, how hard was that to leave your twin? Your, your yeah, telepathic? it was hard because like that's all we did every day. We just hanged out with each other. We had a mate down the road, a few mates down the road, and that's all we did. And it was just causing trouble. And I think it was our second caution. And then the next one year, pretty much. Yeah, it's three strikes and it's it's, it's done. done. So I just said, I want to focus on school. And if I wanted, if you couldn't get a record, I probably wanted to join the police force after school and stuff like that. So I just said, I need to get away from it all and try focus and that was it. And then when he started getting in a lot of trouble and I, was, I came back and then he ended up moving, so we just done the switch. Mm. I met my wife. So she, I'd probably say she got me out of everything really. Mm. So. And I mean, obviously David, uh, sorry, Andrew, you had the first glimpse of, of NRL, right? Playing at West with Mark Flanagan, who is normally here. He's on holiday. But, so, so you saw, you saw a very good looking Mark Flanagan in 2010 before the scars and the bruises and the, he, 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 and he was born with a silver spoon up his arsehole. So he, he, he couldn't be from a further background away from yours. Yeah, that's flash. You can't, um, look, um, I think I was most probably the little chirpy thing coming through like from first grade and I was real, I guess, arrogant in a way when I first met him all. And I don't think any of them liked me because there's that one HK um, like in, in training and do they know what HK means? Like, Translate you know, that for us. Oh, Harry um, <laughs> <laughs> Like no one, I didn't let no one tackle me. I didn't want, I didn't care if it was a little <laughs> tackling drill or um, I wanted to show my authority and that come off because we had a little scrimmage match with like the first grade team and us and then Benji and that throwing a ball at me here and it was kind of in the media all through because we had this big thing, but then kind of divided the group a bit. Um, but I, I, I personally, I just wanted the best preseason I possibly can. And um, credit credit the Flash for coming over as well. Yeah. And like you do have your youngins who sit there and stuff like that, and then you got the old boys there and people who come, they sit like around in their groups type feeling. Mm. And he just come and sat with us the whole time. He's just yeah. like, oh. Don't know much of just with us. Just he's a Benji Marshall fanboy yeah, yeah. as well. But he also, yeah, he also come over with yeah. Gareth Ellis, and that was the biggest yeah. thing. Um, we had two English blokes come in, and uh, it's not in a bad way, but he come under. It's Gareth Ellis, mm. like he come to the West Tigers, and he's he'll go down as one of the best back rows ever to play for the club. Mm. Um, I don't know how he went in England, but like, mate, the respect, you, yeah, yeah, the respect that I have for Gareth Ellis is massive, but. I don't want to say Flash was in his shadow, but he, he literally was. Yeah. Like we had two English players yeah. come in and if, if I had to choose one, you're going with Flash, too, yeah. yeah, same yeah. position. Uh, Flash was coming off the bench with me for a bit, but then, you know, he was a bit sucky. I think he played with you at Balmain, was yeah. it? Yeah. Come back to Balmain, played with us for a little bit. Yeah, so they split us up. Like if I went on a bye weekend, I'd go play West yeah. and he'd be at Balmain. And then we would just beat him every single time. Am I right in saying you were playing in France? Before, yeah, yeah, 2013. Yeah. Oh, that's a long way from home <laughs> at that stage before you'd made your NRL debut. Well, or... uh, from that, after that year, ended up going staying at Tigers again for the following year, but we went to West and, like I said, I had a kid young, um, mm. just wasn't doing well and, like, had to work all day, then go training at night and then 
work at night, mm. trying to just survive, really. Mm. And then the opportunity come in France, I said, let's just go travel, stuff it, I've had enough. So I just dropped footy and everything and just went over there for the, I think it starts in September. I ended up dropping rep footy in like May and just said, I'm playing with my mates, my local A-grade team, and then we'll mm. go over there in September. Mm. But I grew to love the game again over there. I loved every minute of it. Um, and how much time you spent with your little family, so mm. it was good. So how did the move to Wakefield come about? How did, when did that come to light? Oh, I would start it. So I remember when David first come back and I was like, Flano, my twin's coming back. Like, and I had a bit of a pull at the club. And I was like, my twin's coming back. You know, I'm going actually well. He's, I rated David better than me. But it was just discipline with David where, you know, I, I feel like that's where he lacked a bit. And I was like, if he comes, and Flano's like, nah, sweet, nah, 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 nah. So he went back to West, and the Monday night, West were actually playing Cronulla. And David had a blinder. He killed it. Um, he kicked all the goals. He kicked the goal to beat our team. Mm. And then I remember Flano coming down to the stadium and goes, bring him in Monday. Don't. <laughs> just fucking bring him in on Monday. And I was like, all right. And then he was really fast for that season. Yeah. Like, And then it was just like that. But then, Yeah, it was a good feeling that year too because I went down to Melbourne as well. It was great. The guy tour down there, mate. Their stadium's immaculate, and then I end up just going there. He goes, "It was more my wife." She goes, "We're not moving away again." So, d just on the discipline thing, because for me, when I'm listening to the periods, it actually seemed like you had the discipline to get out of that and move away. Yeah. When, mm. when you're talking about discipline, you're talking just purely footy. Purely. Like, because I rocked up to Tigers at 104 center. We made it a center. I rocked up 122. And then they go, "Yeah, he rocked up 122." So we go, "Want to bulk <laughs> you up?" <laughs> mate, I don't want to bulk up. I want to stay in the, out wide. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, what are, what are go, the measurements today, man? You go up, and then that. like, yeah, far out, probably the same ops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, and then you did the same thing. I end up going back row majority of the year. Then I end up getting dropped from back row, and then they just said we want for feeder on, for feeder off mm. on the bench and start, and just kept on flipping. So that was probably the worst thing. I have to put on kilos, put on kilos, put on. I didn't want to play at 100. I don't want to go to prop. Mate. I want to be a back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here I am today. So <laughs> that's why we probably. Have a different style of playing, yeah. like in prop. Not your average one who's just going to run straight and hard at players and stuff like that. You've turned yourself into a cult hero at Wakefield, hasn't he, Kyle? I mean, unbelievable how, you, how you're considered not just around the, the, the rugby club, but of the town and everything you've done for that sort of area. Um, you know, over a couple of spells there as well. But when you're then watching your brother back home in their NRL, was there a feeling initially before you became such a fan's favourite, you were thinking, hold on, I want a slice of that NRL pie and I'm, I'm over here at Little Wakefield at the yeah. time. Not a chance. No. <laughs> Maybe their pre-seasons are another level. <laughs> um, I've always, one of my dreams was just to travel the world and I'd rather stay over here and go travelling around Europe and all that kind of stuff. And I'd, I'd rather just, yeah, be travelling the world rather, like with the family. Take me family around the world. That's one of my life goals. And we've done a lot of that with my wife and my son and my daughters. And it's been great. I've mm. never regretted one move back. I've did, mate, I love, oh, the, there was more like I wanted to go back and play probably a game with him. Mm. I wanted him to come with us at Wakefield and play finish together. But uh, other than that, I never wanted to go back to NRA. Hard training was. I think it was the best thing him coming over here um, because it was always Andrew's twin brother or Andrew feed his like twins out there with him. Like he never really got out of my shadow over there where he come over here and he exploded. He's his own man. If I was coming over here now, Oh, Dave Fetus twins here with him. Mm. Like, that's where, you know, all the accolades that he's got over here, I, 
I'm one of those bees, by the way, that come over here and just enjoy it. Was there ever a temptation for you towards the back end to come over here? Because I always remember your name circulated when we were at St. Helens. Now, I don't know if there's any truth in that or not, yeah. but maybe you can share if there yeah, was. Yeah, no, Wolfie, because we were the Tonga team together and that, and I had a fuckwit of a coach, and... <laughs> <laughs> um, like, literally, like, it, it was just one of those things. I was going to go... Um, I had I talks with Wolfie and that at Women Camp, and... Um, then I thought like towards the back end, then like to come over here for the rest of the year and then go back under uh, Fitzy and that. But that was the only time really, yeah. like I was really thinking about it. I had a five year deal that pretty much cemented my family's um, future. So I didn't, I didn't want to drop it and just leave it. So that was yeah. the main thing. And the commitment to I got to the club um, where pretty much went through nearly two years of just like literally copying it off the coaches and that and then um, to have 50 come in and really boost that morale back up. But for me, I'm just a team player. Whatever the team needs, I was, mm. I was all for. Just you mentioned Wolfie there in Tonga. Obviously, I got to work under Wolfie for oh, yeah. a couple of seasons. But what's it like then? Or, or, or you know, what is the actual desire to play for Tonga? Is there, is there still desire in there between and David, you're obviously still playing no, now. No, and not no. me. I'm 34, like you said. No, I can't go back there. They're just too fast, I reckon, for me. They're like they're another level. I think Tonga's grown as like a country, and they're no longer like a second-tier country. You have to look at them as a strong power as country mm. that's playing now. Samoa's doing. I just think it's good for the world game, really. Mm. As a, a forward pack, and especially when we all made the commitment, I think we had maybe the the hardest forward pack to try and crack into. That was the thing where back in the days when mm. we were playing for Tonga, like it was just oh, I'll play. I'm, I'm in. Where these days, once we made the commitment, we, you know, we followed it through. We showed our loyalty and kept it. Mm. So, yeah, it was yeah, it's different. And how much of a, you know, I remember that time when, you know, you seen Tonga and Samoa start change a lot of their, you know, the country heritage players or the actual, you know, Tongan lads were committed to that. Mm. How tempting was that then to get away from, you know, for for not just yourselves or, or other people who perhaps could have easy walked into a a New Zealand or, a, or yeah. an Australia. I think it was more sacrifice. It was like, I knew I was walking away for 50 grand. Mm. Um, it's how much Australia get paid for going to the World Cup. I knew I was walking away from that. It's it's Australia. And I'm not being cocky, but we're winning the World Cup. And it's not disrespectful. It was just, I just knew we'll be in the top three. Um, where I already won a World Cup. I was going in with Tonga and as a, as a father, I know how much I'm doing for my kids, for kids' sport. And I remember what Dad used to do for us and take us down a park and um, we would wrap our socks up and, and kind of make a football with it and, and do all the little things. Like, it, it really takes its toll. So, But he was always there for those, those little moments. Um, for example, I told me old man, I remember telling the boys at Corey Knockout, like, oh, I'm at Australia. And they told it a day early, and I was just like, oh, and everyone was like, yeah, congrats, congrats. Told me old man, he was like, oh, proud of you, how good. Then when I made the decision to go, look, it's not, not I'm going to play for Tonga. And then I told him, he dropped and cried. That was the, the difference. Mm. Um, but for me, and like being, go back to being, it was someone from soccer and all that kind of stuff. I got chased out of my house. Like it was media just camping outside my house. I turned away from my home country. Like it was like, it wasn't a nice feeling. Mm. I had to run away out west. I stayed out west with the in-laws. I walked up to the pub and that, like, up to the, just to go get dinner. I was getting sprayed by Australians. I was getting sprayed by anyone who, like, who was seen it. Like, mm. it wasn't that. It was just 
the one thing that finally shut the mouths when I showed the video of my grandfather speaking on how much would this would do for Tonga. Mm. And I have no regrets. I've got more playing out of Tonga than I ever did with Australia. Mm. Australia walked in the country with a medal around my neck and that was it. Mm. Yeah, he got world champion at one stage. Yeah. With Tonga, I two, you know, we've got two days off. I'm a commando in the army over there, like with the second highest medal in there. I've got land given to me. It's it's pretty <laughs> like what we've got out of it, like for doing it. And just to be, um, I guess, one of the pioneers that started the, you know, look how well Samoa did, like at the last World Cup, all mm. those boys, I'd love to say I had an influence on it because how well our actual our Tongan team went. And then everyone just jumped on board with the Pacific Nations. I think it certainly changed the landscape of the game for the good. You know, there's no doubt that there was, you know, obviously Australia, New Zealand, England, Great Britain. Yeah. Now, because of the sacrifices that you and Jason Tolman all made and, and, and all those other guys, you've now got a better Fiji, a better Samoa, mm -hmm. a better Tonga. You know, and I think it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty pretty awesome. You know, you talk about being given land and commander in the army, it just shows you what it really, really must mean to the people of, of Tonga for these guys and sacrifice what they did. And sometimes I think as English blokes, it's difficult for us to yeah, yeah. grasp. It's like, it's like a medieval reward, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> difficult for us to, to grasp how much that could yeah. mean for the people, you know. Um, so, no, well done. Yeah. I, I want to know, Dave, when you first rocked up to Wakefield, and be completely honest, because... I know you 2016. Yeah. And I, I know you've come from your humble background, and yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. said earlier yeah. on that your council estates where you grew up are, uh, you know, next level compared to here. But when you, when you walk into the town of Wakefield in 2016, were you thinking, what the fuck is this place? And, and, <laughs> and how has this love affair evolved over the years? I remember uh, Anthony Tupo and Tirona, because they played with Cronulla with us the year before they come over. I think they watched that Bradford game because their contracts were relying on them to win. Mm. Um, halfway through, I started contemplating with um, my manager and record. He goes, there's a chance for you over there if you want to go. Mm. And my older brother was already over here. And I'm like, well, talk to the wife. And I just said, what do you reckon? Should we just go travel and stuff like that? And then everyone was on board. So it was a quick move. I ended up moving over. And I've, uh, I remember the first day walking in, I think Chris Chester picked me up from the airport driving away here and trying to ask some questions, seeing a lot of farms like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's similar to home. It's like, it's all right, so far so good. Driving into the city, I'm looking at all these shopping centers. I'm like, oh, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pull into the stadium, I'm just going, oh, this is great. Have a look at this. And then as I walk in and then walked in the dressing room, you just sit there and you say, oh, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> going from Cronulla Stadium to like this. And, but it, <laughs> saying that, I, I loved it. It was like at the Tigers. Um, I remember playing 20s on the back end of the games and how packed out the stadium was and everything on them little heritage stadiums and stuff like that. It's an awesome feeling. And then, yeah, just it was more the boys at the, at the Cats. Like we had, it was the Wildcats then. Just the boys were great. You love being around the boys and everyone just, it brings the bunch together. I just call us like, it was... Pretty much we're all everyone's third string player, third best player in every position, and we just gel well together. If you, did you, did you, you couldn't have it. thought you would have been there as long as you have been when you arrived, that you, or no, that you no, would have no. had this sort of tail with the twists that it's yeah. had? Um, I originally signed just for that year, like that back end of the season, and then had an option for the second year. I had a few clubs chasing me straight after that half season to go mm. and sign with, but everyone was just offering the same, what Wakefield were offering. So you had your bigger clubs offering the same, I can't mention the clubs while I'm still playing, but after I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, uh, they're offering the same money that. And I said, I'm not leaving them. After all, they're the ones who got me here, showed love. And it was just one of them feelings. It was just like home, you can feel it. And uh, after we went home and come back, Jesus, it was a tough preseason in that freezing cold. <laughs> Clock, I I, yeah, oh, mate, it was Clock cold. Love you. Cold nights at Dewsbury and Fev. Oh, my God, in the tin shed. <laughs> yeah, so. Mate, nah, you, you obviously you went from Cronulla to Wakefield and yeah. thought, what the fuck? I went from, you know, I went from Leeds to Wakefield. Now I was thinking, what the fuck? That's only down the road. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So oh, God knows how you must have felt. But I remember going in there in the winter, yeah. you know, the, the, the bars were just mate. solid ice cold. And like, you know, I'd just gone from Kirkstall. Leeds had won all seven, eight and nine. <laughs> so they've got this well good complex at Kirkstall, all top facilities and you go there. But it's part of the buying. If you yeah. go there, you've got to buy into it, haven't That's you? It. And, and, and I always think at, at the clubs and, uh, um, and the teams around that sort of, who are scrapping all mm. the time, if you don't have the boys, well, you've got nothing. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And exactly. and, and it's, you, it's you guys and big characters that pull you through. And, mm. and and you know, you've just got to be able to find humour and stuff, yeah, haven't you? Otherwise, it. it would eat you alive, really. Exactly. Well, you, you, you've played, played against him numerous times. Yes. So tell, tell me with your pundit hat on then, Kyle, uh, how Dave has carved out this hero status for him at that club. Well, he's just larger than life character, isn't he? You know, you look at Wakefield and he's one of the players that you very first think of at, mm. at the club. I remember playing against him. It makes more sense now. The fact that I didn't realise you were both lean, athletic, cross-country runners because you'd play against him and you'd think, how the fucking hell is he still playing? He's done 40 <laughs> minutes straight and, and given the size of him. But then when you when you watch him, he's, he, he's, he's smart. You know, he, he, he knows when to work and when to rest. <laughs> you know, but he's, he's, craft, he's crafted and carved this role out and and it suits him and it suits Wakefield more importantly as well. And, you know, they're, they're a great fit, go hand in hand. And, you know, I remember being at Wakefield and you've got, you know, those old grounds and obviously you got to watch him uh, at Cass. There's not many in there, but mm. it certainly sounds like there's a lot in there and, and, and it carries you a bit, doesn't it? You know, yeah. once you have the love of a crowd, mm. as players, we are all like little, we're like little dogs. We all want to be told by an head coach or by our teammates that, mm. oh, you've done great this week, well done, well done. And, and those places can really make you feel, uh, they can make you feel 100 foot tall, really. Yeah. It, is, it is amazing, though, because you see so many examples of, of NRL stars and people who've just, you know, grown up in that NRL system and they come to a little old town in England or whatever and you, and you fall in love with the charm, the little stadium. And you know, I hear so many players that have played. And look, Andrew, you've been in front of huge, huge crowds, right? They're playing for the Sharks. Um, but actually, they'll say, well, a quarter of the size of that crowd is far more impactful over, you know, at the jungle than uh, and, and than, yeah, than you see in Australia. I, I always, I love, I prefer the heritage crowds. Like you go to, oh, I used to play at Leichhardt, favourite crowd where mm. they they had three home grounds. They had also SFS, SEG, um, and they're just a mile away. I'd rather them on top. And the suburban grounds, like where Dave plays, oh, I love those little crowds because they're right on top of you. You can hear the Cass fans um, just in the corner there. And I was loving it, <laughs> especially when he gets on. <laughs> he got on and there, you f <laughs> <laughs> So I was, I was, I was loving it. I'm not it. surprised you didn't have the show off. Yeah. The yeah. I would have been in the middle. Of my show. <laughs> I had all the wakeboard gear on, but I'd love to be in the middle of that. But everyone was like, don't go over there. And I was like, <laughs> I'd love to. But oh, man, yeah. they've, got, they've got songs about you and your family and your kids are there watching as well and now you know obviously your brother there too it's one of it's the reasons why you don't want to go back to the NRL as well the fan base is like amazing the way they sing all game it's not yeah. just your, your crowd it's the away crowd it's mm. everyone it's the banner between the crowds it's like an awesome feeling where you go to an NRL, NRL yeah, game it's, it's quite... just when they score a try they might give you a cheer and clap mm. I think the only song Andrew got that was selling Andrew on his last game or something like that yeah that was just <laughs> chanting but like literally like well, I haven't seen a crowd like that. No, I, I, 
our Tongan crowds yeah. like are crazy. They sing 24-7. Yeah. There's always a voice coming through. And, and all the boys that come from Origin who play State of Origin, they're the biggest crowds of our game. Like, mm. But in saying that, it's quiet. Unless something happens, they go off. Mm. Where, like, oh, I went to the game on the weekend, they didn't shut up. Like, mm. it was nonstop. I love that kind of stuff. So if, if I ever had the chance, I'd be in the crowd. If yeah. I scored a try, I'm telling you, I'm up. If we ever stand, why my crew is, even if it's them, I'm going straight in. I love that kind of stuff. That's why I can see how Larry Davies when he's in, he's chirping up with the crowds and the one thing, and everyone always asks me like, where's your favourite field to play? And I always used to say Queensland because mm. um, everyone's hostility, like everyone's on, on your back, everyone's trying to think. But for us, we thrive off that. Yeah. Like mm. he was getting caught off that the weekend, but like, what they don't understand, oh, we love that. Because yeah. why? If we do something special, where do you think we're going back to? Straight back to that corner going, just... <laughs> that was always one thing my mum would say, just do something good and go give them, blow them a kiss. <laughs> and trust me, when watch them, they'll, they get more... Smile and yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> why we so, always play with a smile on your face. If we've got a frown on your face, you know we're having a tough day. <laughs> yeah. do, do you still sort of feel that? I mean, I guess, do you have that kind of, I don't give a fuck attitude because you've been the underdogs, you've... you've you, where you've come from you, yeah. you've not felt that you've had to prove anything right because you, anyone wrong because you were happy where you were before so you've so you've been very sort of relaxed and stress-free for you through yeah. your careers i just go into every game thinking the same thing you're going out to play under eights footy i remember just playing alongside with andrew every game and it's just fun yeah like if, if i don't see him laughing or smiling on one side of the field then i'm not doing something right <laughs> and that's how you go into every game like i don't worry who you're versing or i don't worry about what's in front of me i just worry like how they're going to if they see me running, fending someone, and I just start laughing, they're gonna get more angry and pissed off, wanna come out and get ya. And, mm. and that's how you draw them in, really. But I just think like, every game's just like that. Go out and have fun. If you start thinking more of it's like a business and stuff like that, mm. it's not gonna be for you. That's yeah, it. Dave, just, we are heading towards the back end of the year. And yeah. maybe perhaps some of the players, you know, uh, are starting to feel that bit of pressure. Yeah. It's now not becoming fun. There's, there's, there's there's something serious potentially going to happen here. Yeah. Obviously, you coming back over certainly, you know, re-energised the team. You grabbed a couple of wins. Obviously, that that defeated Cass. Yeah. What does the next sort of month and a half look like? How desperate are the lads? And, and what you know? Do you still believe that you can close this this very very narrow gap down? Yeah, I, I mate, like going into the game, like win or lose, like we didn't it didn't bother us. You know what I mean? Like we were six point. I think we were six points behind them at one stage. And um, like we said, we thrive on at home. We still got three more home games. And for some reason, we can't beat the lower end teams, but the bigger teams, we end up doing it. It's always been Wakefield story. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we just go into every week. There's still five games. There's 10 points. There's still ages to go. Like it's anyone's game, really. uh, Saints go and do a job this week at Cast and and we win this week. We're back to square one. So it's just. We know every game's a grand final, but it's how you go into every game. If you go in nervous and worrying about things, you just it's going to stress everyone out. And if you, that's what I try to be that person in the middle. Like uh, I'll tell them where they're going wrong, but at the same time, bring some humour to them and have a laugh just at the right times of getting in there. Because obviously, you know, the club obviously cares about you yeah. bringing you back. You obviously care about the club. Yeah. What would be your thoughts if, you know? If the club did end up getting relegated while you were there, oh, it would, it would hurt. Like, it probably hurt me a lot more. Um, like I said, there was everything at stake. I didn't have to come back. 
Um, I was happy at home. Um, we've just set up everything at home and everything like that. Um, it would hurt just by if they were going if they got relegated, it hurt me a lot more. I got more at risk. I've got a young family. I've got a my wife's due in ten days. So I just feel like I've wasted my time coming over here trying to do it, trying to help this team and help this club and help the fans and everything. I'm just trying to play my best footy I can and try to keep us up. Um, but i still got a lot of belief in us to do the job. Like um, We've got a lot of momentum. We've had a hiccup in the last couple of weeks, but yeah, we're coming back firing this week. Well, if you keep them up, you know, there's no doubt you'll... I'm not going to go as far as saying you'll get some land in Wakefield, but... Uh, <laughs> I've already got land in Wakefield, so, that's all I know. If so, someone was the boy... And... <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, if you got, you know, if you were part of that and, and kept them up, mate, you'd be, you know, whenever you step back into Wakefield... Oh, you, you know, they, 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 you know... They're building a new stadium. That's a lot of... Do you want to say, 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 they're building a new stadium. I just want the away fans and want Bopper's grubs over here or something like that. Little burger on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be a stand out yeah. after him somewhere, wouldn't there? Yeah. Oh, How much gas is left in the tank then? I mean, uh, we speak to so many players again who said, oh, I'm just here just to help them out. And then how tempted would he be to go again, to go oh, again, no, to go no, again? No, is this it? Is this the final dance? I'm probably going to say 98% sure. This 90, so there's 2%, so there's 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%, 2%. It depends on the wife if she puts one more season. But uh, <laughs> nah, yeah, just, mate, I, I can feel it like training's getting a lot harder at this age and trying to keep up with that younger generation mm. coming through. Everything's mm. quick and... Yeah, just trying to get ready. I'm trying to love, go like this for the week and then game day we're back up trying to get your body right. But yeah. um, I feel I do feel good. Like I do feel good still like myself and everything like that. But I just feel like it's time, like could be time. Uh, more for the future. No, again. Not again. No. <laughs> this is like a James Roby retirement, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's never, never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. But what about you, Andrew? Because obviously you hung your boots oh, up done. last year. No, you're done. I'm but done. I mean, <laughs> was that realisation so clear for you that it had to be the end? Or? Oh, well, I was going to resign. I know I was even talking to Dave. If he goes again, I'm coming over. And then every when you leave a club, you get your medicals. And then I was like, do I leave just for the one year and come over and join him and um, have that last hurrah with the person I, I started with to finish with. And mm. Wakefield are really, they were willing to be that, that club for us to, to play with. Mm. But when I signed out and got the medicals, I wasn't even feeling, I was feeling my knee a bit, but I got both ankles, both knees, both like my hip, my sh both shoulders, elbows, and a lot of results come back was just Rico, 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 Rico. And I was just like, I was playing with all this and I didn't even know. Mm. So... That was, soon I left the doctor's surgery, I was just like, Nick, I'm done. Mm. So I've got to think of my kid's future and that. And that's when it really hit me. It was like, I'm done. Mm. But to be honest, like, I never, I knew footy was done and everyone's asked, do you miss it? Do you miss it? No, no, no. But after watching him play on the weekend, I really do miss it. And I guess you haven't been out of it long enough to miss it properly, yeah. right? Well, that's the main thing. And having a little game on the weekend over here with... <laughs> So you're not you're not out He's of time. Not He's not playing for division. Oh no! I got a broken leg. I barely moved. I don't reckon he played. He's just out there for shows. He's a big decoy. I know. I scored a try. Keep the goal. I wonder how many broken legs that seventy-year-old's got. Maybe a few ribs. It is an interesting one when it when it when it's coming to an end, isn't it? Because. I guess, you know, you were mm. speaking to, to Flash and to, to Wilco about what, what do you miss? Straight away, they both said, don't miss anything. Don't miss mm. waking up on a Monday morning with mm. cuts and scars and bruises and feeling injured and, and, and so on. When I ask you both, because uh, I guess if you... 
Carl, if you think, if you look at their careers from mm. a distance, obviously Andrew's got the shinier career with the, yep. the Australia caps and the silver <clears> and so on. Everything. You've had a very different career and shiny in different ways. Do you both sit back, and I know you're still going for, for a bit longer, but do you both sit back and think you kind of maximise what you could get out of your ability and, and you're happy with your careers and what you did? Uh. Yeah, there's no regrets. Like uh, going up for a whole childhood, what we did, everything like that, and even with our rugby league side, um, I could honestly say, like, sit in, watch what he did. Um, proud, proud ours. Like, me and my older brother watching him for all these compliments. Uh, compliments. Oh, fuck, I can't say it properly. Compliments. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I wrote. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but he's paved the path for our kids and our family in the future because they always say. You got to know someone to get in the clubs. That's what it was like over there. You got to know someone. There's so and so in your team. This is like so and son stuff like that. Mm. But we'll like it for all our kids. We're just gonna mate. You need to work there yourself. Work hard for yourself and mm. do everything we can. Mentor and help you get to like things you need to know. But it's you the ones who are gonna do trials and you're the one who's gonna put your body first. But always have a home over here. So I'm sure if the family want to come to Wakefield, which Leaving the shy, probably won't want to come to Wakefield, but there'll always be a home here and a name over here for himself, and that's what I've just tried to do. And for myself, it's another home from home. It's yeah. great. I know it wasn't your wildest dream, so I'm kind of asking the question: So, did you did you achieve everything beyond your wildest dreams? I mean, you weren't asked in the first place, really, were you? But you you had an unbelievable. Yeah, no, I'm I'm more than satisfied with you know how my my I guess my journey panned out. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like I'm at the start of my new journey where, you know, I'm doing school counselling and um, working with the Sharks still as the cultural advisor at the club and still do first grade. But, you know, going back to your question where what do you miss most was just, I guess, that inbound that I think you don't understand when you go in with just the boys, mm. you grind with them from like November. I think that's when you start every year as well from November right through the February, and then you go, you switch on to, all right, we're in game. You're with these blocks every day. Yeah. I think I miss that that bit. It's like you build a bond between a playing group where they're more of your best mates um, going on this journey together. And then at the end of the year, like I think winning the grand final for me was the worst thing I ever did. Why? Because I expected that every year. And if I didn't get that, I felt so bad that the next year I was going even harder even even harder and trying to push for that that glory again but you've got it and no one can take that away from you I, I, I get that but I just you want more and it's greedy when you say it but but did that not drive so you hard. did that not drive you further for more that perhaps you might not have had that drive at the end of your oh, I tried my ass off but it just <laughs> <laughs> I don't think 16 other boys would drive with me yeah. <laughs> like like I said it's no iron team it's the whole whole squad and you know, I, I felt like I was doing little things on Christmas Day where in my head, every other person was enjoying Christmas where I was working my fucking ass off. Mm. or going on road runs or just doing that where I could have a little edge. All right, I've got him. I've got that edge. When's the next one? I'll go New Year's night because I know everyone's on the piss. Mm. I'll do that little edge where kind of do my little stuff in the background. I hope everyone else was doing the same thing. So. Mm. No, I enjoyed my career. I really did. Um, every accolade, I pretty much did nearly everything in the game. Um, I won nearly everything in the game, um, if not more. Um, I changed. I think the biggest thing was changing international football 
for the better. I feel like if we're talking about growing the game, mm. it's pretty much at the peak where we've brought these Pacific nations up to the elite level where um, it's not just Australia, England, New Zealand, and just going around in circles between them, who's going to win. Now we have all these Pacific nations who are coming through the game and it's just absolutely killing it. Are you passionate about staying in the game somehow when, when it's done for you and now it's done for you? No, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, whether that's with Tonga, whether nah, that's with see, the NRL, whether that's with I'm currently, doing, I'm currently doing my level two coaching, but they said, you want to do it in the rep system? I said, no, I just want to coach my son. Probably staying in the game more around that junior footy, helping the next crops come through. So we're not going to see you at the, the, the back of the Wakefield dugout somewhere up in <laughs> nah, the stand with some headsets nah, on. The, the only probably picture will probably see a little photo in a corner on, on I don't know, like a food truck or something. Running the burger back. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, you could never see yourself as a coach in England. No, nah, no, 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 mate. Um, you'd love to, like, assistant role where you're still, like, in with the boys, but more switched on with the coaching staff as well yeah it's a good job but for family wise and be, i need just yeah we need to be back to, all together as a family and all me kids running around with like is that in the land in tonga or is that back in australia australia for sure <laughs> man, far, uh, what's, what's happening with the land in tonga that's what i parent yeah. old man's not just running muck on it yeah feel so way tall my old man they're still in out west in sydney so we're, we're there for the time being. We don't mind going back and seeing family back home. But other than that, yeah, no. Nah, no coaching, no nothing like that. Mm. And I, I noticed, Carly, uh, that Andrew mentioned counselling and so on. So, I mean, how, given the background and everything that you've sort of painted the image of, of you as a youngster and being in trouble and running yeah. away from the police and driving tractors into creeks and so on, how important is that for you to, to sort of give something back? I, I just feel my life lessons are... Um, Joe, a lot more with some of the high school kids that are coming up in Sydney at the moment. Um, especially around in Griffith, we have the highest suicide rate in pretty much Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think there's been, you know, uh, what was this last day? About 24 teenagers, majority boys, have taken their life in the last five years. Like it's, it, it's down there, it's becoming just a thing uh, where we're just trying to break that stigma. So anytime I can get back down there and, and try and help the mentor, the kids and that, and just show that there's other, other avenues in, in life. That's the main thing about pushing forward with this. Because this is the thing we see these two here and they're, uh, they're like the sort of um, Ant and Deck, but like they've eaten Ant and Deck and they're constantly smiling. They're a great double act. Ant and but you've always got like you two have always got this smile on your face yeah. and, and people will always wonder well is there a time when that hasn't been there for you because you've had you've had some some dark times but is your just is your method just to smile through and live through life th as, to the max that you can yeah seeing a smile probably my family's faces will probably do it um there are some tough times and stuff like that but like being over here i think one of the worst times was when he got hit last year or 21, yeah. 21 with his neck injury and stuff like mm. that uh, it wasn't a good feeling going into i think we versus warrington that day and that morning waking up and didn't even know i think i was about to leave for the game and someone's mm. called and said your brother's in a coma mm. so i was one of them ones and i would never forget andy last was trying to rip me out of the game and and he said you sure you want to do this and i said no i'll just i've got nothing and i spoke, spoke to his wife and she's like david you just have to stay there mm. just stay there they're going to wake him up tomorrow it's just 
it's been like an injured coma. Was that on your on your mind all, yeah, eight, all whole, 80 minutes, the whole yeah, game? Whole, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I, I ended up getting man a match for us. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> but even Price is at our club now, and he was versing Price's head yeah. at Warrington. Mm. And he even said he'd come straight after the game and grabbed him straight away because Price means the world to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, for Steve Price, he's a different human being. But like mm. when I first met Steve, we, oh. mate, I threw the chair at him and everything like it was at a level like don't do video and try and blame me for something and i threw the chair straight across the room at the tv mm. firing. where we were firing at each other and he would come up to me and go he goes that guy's better than you he got you got shit and i was like fuck don't talk to me like that i'll bash her <laughs> but like that was the thing like and then yeah. we had this conflict for one whole year but then the next year we became best mates yeah it was i don't know there's something with Steve and I remember him telling me the story he said the same thing and then Steve said oh mate you don't understand I wanted to stop the game and go grab him and just get him off the field and give yeah. him a hug so that was our connection between each other yeah, so, yeah. yeah. well once again we mentioned about Pricey there we, yeah. we spoke a number of times the power of a coach and what yeah. you know and and to go from that's a bit bizarre really to go from throwing chairs at screens to then being your best mate it's uh, it takes a real man manager to be able to draw that out of you so uh, no pretty yeah. yeah well I mean the injury obviously was, was was horrific how how impactful was that on you and, and perhaps on your decision to retire and other things or it was oh, look I, I took it day by day I knew it was going to be a tough journey I, I woke up I think after a week, um, once media, something, someone was leaking in our COVID hotel. We all moved to Brisbane and it was pretty much my wife just come out of the two week quarantine with, and we just got our families back and it happened that weekend. Mm. And then all that just kind of fell in. And when I woke up, I was, I felt like I, I thought they did something in my neck. I was a quadriplegic. I couldn't move. I was trying to, mm. trying to move and I couldn't get going. And it, it was a very, long journey like uh, my goals were to walk to that table and back and if i did that i was in bed for three hours just trying to sleep it out but the worst and i always say the worst injury is that tracky oh, i feel so sorry for the people who have to have those in for life and um look i, I found the joy I, I, I was always questioning myself mentally and um i didn't want to until i met this lex girl um that's when i was like the parents were so happy, like they were so buzzy. And I was just like, mate, that's their daughter laying in the bed. And literally like, it, it was like that moment made me click. Like, I don't want my kids doing this. Mm. I'm so thankful it was me. And then from then gave me motivation to get it. And I remember having this window, like I was like, I got to get to this window. And then I thought it was 300 meters down the hallway. It was literally 10 meters away. But for a person who couldn't walk, I was on like trying to get like on the machines and that kind of stuff and trying to get there but mm. it was a long journey it was honestly it was most way the toughest thing i've ever had to do in my life but here to tell the tale yeah, yeah. Uh, look we've kept you guys long enough it's been brilliant having you here and i know you've been waiting around for so let's finish with some quick fires Shit. for the twins um <clears throat> quick ones ready <laughs> both laughing now <laughs> <laughs> who weighs more currently you me what, are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the, I, I haven't moved. I had a big need. I couldn't move. But yeah, I, same before I got back to Wakefield. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Who's taller? Oh, oh it's probably me. Yeah, probably me. David's taller. Who's Maybe faster? Because I grew. Oh, I'm faster. Don't let him talk, mate. Oh, they're not agreeing on that one. Fuck it. I'll burn him. Maybe on my knee. Uh, more intelligent. Me. Me. 
I don't think it's just going to go away. Trust me. Go back in the film and show he couldn't say the word and then trust accomplished. I think for the purpose of people listening, you have to shout your names to the answers to these rather than me. Who's the nicer guy? Oh, of course, me. No, no you know what, Dave? Dave. I've got you. Dave. <laughs> you gave that one I'll up. I'll give Dave, yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> if I don't like you, I don't fucking like you. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the and I've got no fear telling it to <laughs> Who was the better rugby player in his peak? Yeah, so you said that earlier, Andrew, as well. Yeah, you gave yeah. that to me. And you, you just accept, you didn't yeah, even I say it. I accepted it. It depends <laughs> on position, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd win in an arm wrestle? Oh, me. Probably him, yeah, fire up. I Probably love weights. I love man. weights and that kind of stuff. He just... <laughs> Icy bars just not, doesn't touch it. Who's better looking, Andrew or David? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the Come on. Show him the whole teeth. Take his teeth. Take his teeth. He's got no teeth. Still getting with it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's longer in the shower? Me. Oh, me. Yeah, probably. Hundred percent. I get in shower. Just because I'm very far, I'm like I want to be clean. He just. In and out. Yeah, ringworm central. Show me your ring. Who's more reliable? Oh, me. definitely me. You're definitely me. Fucking kidding. <laughs> me. Mate, look, who's more reliable? Look, fuck, I rocked up for your master. You wouldn't come back to Australia for me. I was there for your last game. You know what? I wasn't there like for his last game. See, <laughs> he made the semis. I said, you better win the first ones, then I'll be there for that game. And they went bang, bang, lost the round. That was it. Who's more sensitive? Me. Oh, probably a bit of both. I yeah. like me as well. Depends on what, like, yeah. scenario. If it's happening here. Down the middle, one. that's a draw, that yeah. one, I think. Yeah. Um, which twins would win in a fight? Uh, Fafita twins, the Morris twins, Josh and Brett? We always get we always get this. Fuck, I'd flog the fuck out of them both of them. <laughs> 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 I was doing a fight. Get them all in. Get them all in. Get them all in. I'll just fucking flog them. Get all the twins. Same question. George and Tom. Now we've got these quick feet and everything like that. Right, no. What about Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? I'd fuck them two up too. I'd kick them in the face. He could have Schwarzenegger and Danny. I've got no fear. I'd fucking uh, flog the d. <laughs> but I can't box anymore because of my neck, but I'm fucking tough. <laughs> Never have we had an out of your league episode with more bleeps. I'd love to get oh, a, no, yeah. see what the producers do with them. We'll have to let a few of the C bombs slide and then maybe just uh, yeah. stick a few of them. <laughs> Boys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in. I mean, if, if, if the post match sort of like world in rugby and counting doesn't work out just a, oh, a TV man. career yeah, I think yeah. no, brilliant. so you want to get these boys good, off good at least your own that's podcast why, that's why we do podcasts because you can be who you are and stuff like that do but you if you're why, on the TV you so just say, yeah I'm good how are you you, sh- you should right. be doing your own podcast oh, we did, uh, I got the half cast podcast a couple of UFC guys and then um Australian media I called one of the media guys I said oh excuse my French but he's a fucking <laughs> and then from that moment he rang the club he rang the, the chairman yeah. he called the media oh he's the media but like he blew up through the papers and everything yeah. and said what I said and then it was a big thing, so I couldn't well, do the podcast. It's pretty much a similar situation with a player over here, isn't it? They are, yeah. they are, they are bitchy podcasts. I'm about to bring, a, I'll bring one out with a, with a mate of mine. Um, just to tell some of my stories, my more, like oh, I wasn't allowed to speak on some of the stuff I did and oh. uh, through my career, but yeah, I really want to get off my chest. And, you know, if you go on the internet, it says I bashed a referee, but nothing ever happened. Like, yeah, it was fine. it was totally bullshit. So, yeah. 
Look, absolute pleasure having you guys down. Look, go well, Dave, at <laughs> yep. the end of this week. For, there's, still, there's still a story to tell. Yeah, there's still yeah. another chapter here. Yeah, there's a burger van to build as exactly. well. Exactly, yeah. understand. <laughs> and a statue. <laughs> keeps you keeps being a hero <laughs> back yeah. in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> what about a statue out of burgers? That could be resurrected outside the stadium. I'll probably come back and eat them. Boys, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Carl, top man as well. We got, I think we're, we're slowly going from 4.9 stars up towards five. Maybe when Flash comes back, again, keep it on mute. I'll send Flash your regards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>